And we back in this thing like we left something. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to this week's episode of I Got a Story to Tell. Thank y'all for joining me. I know we were off last week. I know, I know, I know. But we are back now. Um, Real quick, happy birthday to my son, Hart, whose birthday was yesterday, August 31st. Um, Happy birthday, kid. I love you. I admire you. I think you are an awesome person. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep making me proud. Um, also, quick shout out and happy birthday to my wife, whose birthday was a week ago. Um, happy birthday. I love you. Thank you for being the supportive, um, understanding, patient person that you are. The great mother, the great wife, the great person. I love you. I love you. I love you. Um, this week's album of the week is by Pale J. It's called The Celestial Suite. Pale J. P-A-L-E-J-A-Y. Pale J. Um, pretty dope album. It, it, fuck pretty dope. It's a dope album. Um, not too long. It's like five, six songs on it. Um, but it's called The Celestial Suite. Um, he actually had a new album just drop. I have not listened to it yet, but Pale J, The Celestial Suite. Um, this week's episode is a pretty personal one to me. I hope you all enjoy it. Um, so let's get to it. I got a story to tell y'all. Let's go. takes place in the year 1993 fall of 93 to be exact i'm just starting my sophomore year of high school and um my brother has gone off to college to start his freshman year of college so um we had start growing tight over um that last year and so you know i'm missing him and all of that um because he's always been one of those people i've looked up to um and admired so here it is fall of 93 um life is what it is i was born and raised in the church i went to new prospect baptist church on the corner of finley and elm in downtown cincinnati my entire life but now i'm at the age where i'm kind of questioning things i got a lot of questions about shit um i'm raised in the baptist church i go to a catholic school so Um, I find myself with a lot of questions religiously, right? All these religion type questions. And it just so happens at the time I start taking a religion class at school, being taught by uh, this guy named Mr. Stewart. And so he's teaching us about the different religions of the world and all of that. Um, And a lot of my questions start, start coming in my own church that I was born and raised in. 
um, just little things I was noticing, um, questions I had, but wasn't getting the answers that I thought were not the answers I wanted, but answers that made sense. And I didn't have to rely on um, the whole faith thing, um, because a lot of questions I were, was asking, it would always come back to that. You know, you got to have faith. You got, and I'm one of those people. I like I need a direct answer on things and things need to make sense and it needs to make logical sense to me. And I wasn't with the, you know, the uncertainty of the answers I was getting. Right. Then I start picking up on more things. When you are a kid and your family's financial situation ain't the best. Um, or actually your family's financial situation is shitty. You pay attention to certain things, finances and how you want more and how you want to do better and all that shit. Right. So I knew what our financial situation was in my house. And so I was noticing things like when it was time for the pastor to get things, it was let's take up a collection you know, for pastor. But when it was time for the parishioners to get things, it was, well, let's pray for the parishioner. And that didn't sit well with me. You know what I'm saying? So as a 15 year old kid, I'm like, eh, this shit ain't adding up to me. And it don't seem right. So I had all these questions and I would ask my mom certain questions and she would answer to the best of her ability at that time. You know, my mom wasn't, my mom was a believer in, in, in God and all of that, but she wasn't like well versed in the Bible and well versed in, you know, the religion to give me the answers I needed. But I'm like, all right, cool. It's cool. It is what it is. Right. So, again, I'm 15. At the time. I'm really like when it comes to the religion class I'm taking, I'm really I'm locked in. I'm locked in because I'm finding myself being like, there gotta be some other type of way to believe and do shit that makes better sense, right? Cool. We're in class, we're learning about all these different religions. I mean, it's all over the place, you know, Judaism, uh, of course, Catholicism, um, anything you can think of. Um, Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, Wiccan. I mean, it's all over the place, right? And Islam. So I have a conversation with Mr. Stewart after class one day, and I'm telling him like, hey, you know, this is why I am, you know, in my beliefs and religious, you know, affairs and all of that. So he starts recommending different reading materials I can get from the library. Cool. So I'm doing that. And all of it was kind of like, okay, cool. It's dope. I'm, I'm happy. Anytime I learn information, like I'm, I'm anytime I can get some information, I'm, I'm good with that, but nothing was really hitting home. So I'm like, all right, cool. We get to Islam, like in the class, we start talking about Islam. He's breaking down Islam, everything about it. 
all this. He's mentioning Muhammad. Peace be and blessings. Peace and blessings be upon him. So he's naming, you know, all this going through. Now, my 15-year-old brain, I've heard the name Elijah Muhammad. And I've heard, you know, Muhammad Muhammad. And so we're talking in class and I raise my hand. He says, Michael. I said, I keep hearing you say Muhammad. I said, is that the same as Elijah Muhammad? As soon as I mention Elijah Muhammad, his attitude changes. No, that is not the same. That is a man. And, and he goes left with the shit a little bit, right? Like he ain't OD go crazy on me, but his whole shit changed. And I'm like, well, damn, hold on. So now something in my mind says, you need to figure this shit out, Mike. You need to learn about what's the difference between Muhammad and Elijah Muhammad. Again, I'm 15. I do a little reading, nothing too serious, right? And years go by. My freshman year in college, I'm having questions I'm really backing away from the church at this time. Um, only a few, <laughs> only a few people know about this, but there was a letter that I wrote the pastor of the church that I grew up in voicing some of my displeasures. I'll say one person who knew was my brother. He knew about this letter. So anyway, at this time, I'm really backing away from the church and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sense of everything. And I'm coming across people on campus that are cool. They seem like they super deep, real educated. Y'all know how it is on college campus. And I meet Vet and Larry. Vet and Larry, cool. They talking to me. Um. They giving me books to read and learn and shit like that. Really discovering who I am, right? One of the books I was given was Message to the Black Man. And reading that book changed, like, it, it changed my life. It changed my view on shit, right? Like, it really changed shit. And it made sense at that point, like, damn. This is a empowering, empowering and freeing type book. And it hit me. I'm like, oh, that's why he acted like that. Right. That's why the teacher was acting like that. Mr. Stewart. His view of the nation of Islam and um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So I said, oh, OK, got it. Duly noted. I got it. So the more I kept learning and learning and learning and learning, I was so happy to be learning all of this information. Again, I'm young. I'm what, 17 or so. I'm so excited. And a lot of shit is like really making sense. And my eyes are being opened up to just the ways of the world as a black man. Right. So I'm excited this shit. And I remember going to the mosque 
in Dayton, Ohio. And just the feeling I got when I walked in and to hear the minister speak, you know, there's a minister there in Dayton and he spoke and all of that. And I'm just so excited. And so my roommate at the time, like, got cool with this chick who had came to our campus. She had transferred in from DePaul in Chicago and she was from the shop. And she was a Muslim sister. Um, well, at least she presented herself to be. Um, she also presented herself to be like this upstanding, you know, I don't do shit. I'm all about my business. I'm all about the liber liberation of my people and all this shit. Right. Um, but later on down the road, we found that out not to be true. Well, anyway, I'm so happy. And feel like I got it all figured out. I mean, to the point that myself and my brother Mac would have these like shouting matches and arguments about Christianity versus Islam. Right. And so I'm so excited, happy, thinking I didn't figure it all out, know everything there is to know and all this shit. And the chick comes to our room. She brings the wife of the minister of the mosque to our dorm room. Now, in my dorm room at the time, on my like little closet thing, um, <laughs> I had these pictures of uh, Brother Khaled Muhammad um, And I got them from a magazine And he's standing there um, And it looks like he's in Like some projects He got an assault rifle And he got like all these little black babies around him Right And I had a couple other pictures And the sister from the mosque comes in She says Brother Michael how you doing I say Salam alaikum how you doing sister She's speaking. She sit down for a minute. I'm over there. I'm nervous. I'm like, damn, first of all, why is she here? Second of all, make sure I ain't got nothing inappropriate out of nothing. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking around. She says, brother Michael. I said, yes, ma'am, sister. She said, why do you have that picture up of Khaled Muhammad? So me being happy and blissful and my new found you know, enlightening. I'm like, you know, I, I just think it's it's an awesome picture and, you know, all this shit. And she asked me, she said, well, what does it represent? Why do you have it up? And I'm getting challenged and I can't like I don't have a comeback or an answer, not a comeback. I just don't have an answer. So I'm like, oh, I apologize, sister. I'll take it down. And I go to take it down. And she grabbed my hand. She said, no. She said, brother Michael, I get it. You're excited. You're learning all of this stuff. She said, I'm not asking you to take it down. I'm asking you to break it down. I'm like, OK, I got you. And she stood there. Oh, she sat there for a while and she's just talking to me for a little bit. And she gets up and leaves. I'm like, damn. And now I'm feeling like, well, shit, I jumped the gun. I'm too hyped. I'm too excited. I'm super pro black, you know, all this shit. Right. So. Cool. But my life was about to change. And I would go to the mosque from time to time, right? That following spring, spring of 98, I'm sure my Cincinnati people, well, some of them may remember. Spring of 98, 
I'm chilling in my dorm room. My sister calls me. She says, Mikey. I say, yeah, what's up? Because she, you know, it's rare she called me. I'm like, what's up? She was like, hey, what you doing on this date? She tells me the date. I'm like, Shit, I don't know. It was like a weeknight. It was like a Thursday night. I'm like, Shit, I don't know. I'm not sure. She said, can you get to Cincinnati? I'm like, why? What's up? She said, Minister Farrakhan is coming to Cincinnati. My eyes lit up. I said, what? She said, the minister is coming to Cincinnati. I said, I'll find a way. I'll be there. She was like, all right, I'll buy you a ticket. So she bought the ticket from this dude named Ron, who was a Muslim. Uh, he was in the nation and he cut hair down in Cincinnati. He was a barber. She said, if I'm not here, I'm going to leave it on the living room table at mama's crib. I said, bet. I can't think about nothing else but going to see the minister, right? That's all I can think about. I'm thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to wear? Do I wear a bow tie? Do I, you know, I'm all over the place. I can't concentrate, right? I love the minister. So I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. About a week passes, and then next week, it's time to go to Cincinnati. So I get a ride. I get dropped off down in Cincinnati. Dropped off at my mom's crib. I can't eat nothing. My mom asked, she said, you excited? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, you just don't know. Because I've been listening to the minister over the last year. I mean... It was like I would listen to every speech I could get my hand on. Like I was buying the tapes from the brothers. I was ordering them. You know how you could go back in the day you get the final call newspaper. You can go in the back and you can order them shits. Right. So I'm ordering all them. The day comes. And I am like, I can't I can't focus. I ain't hungry. I, nothing. So again, I'm at my mom's crib. She sees she sees that I'm like all over the place. I get in the shower. I put on some khaki pants. A button down. And this sweater. I'm like, oh, my God. So I take the bus downtown because he's speaking downtown at a hotel. So I get off the bus. I'm telling y'all, let me tell you how excited I am. I have my ticket in my hand. Like most people to put in their pocket. I, I'm so worried that I'm going to lose this ticket that I'm like I'm clenching it, holding it. I'm rocking back and forth. Get on the bus, go downtown. Go over to the hotel. I'm like, oh, my God, I see all the brothers. Um. And the FOI, the Fruit of Islam, like they got their ties on. They they doing security, all of that. I can't focus. I go up the elevator, bust a left. Security, the FOI is stopping everybody right here, like right in front. They give an instruction. When you walk through, well, they separate women on one side, get, getting checked, men on the other side. Because they had women checking women, men checking men. They have... The fruit of Islam, like it's probably about 10 of them. They're facing each other like in a row and you walk in the middle of them and they pat you down as you walk and they say, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking like you move. So I go through security. I bust the right. They escort me. They put their arm out. 
They tell me, you can step in here, brother. I go in. You can sit anywhere. Cool. I go. And I'm probably about 30 feet from the stage. My heart is pounding. And I mean pounding. I'm like, oh, my God. It's time to see the minister. And so I'm sitting there and people are walking in and I'm super early. Like I'm early, early. And so they have another brother come out. He's speaking. They another brother come out. He's speaking. I'm looking like, damn, where the minister, where the minister, where the minister. And so a few more brothers come out. They talk for a little bit. And then a brother comes out. And he's saying some words. And he, he says, Cincinnati, brothers and sisters here, I want to present after he goes through whatever, goes through his words, whatever he said, I want to present the minister. And man, listen, Minister Louis Farrakhan comes out. And he comes to the stage, like walks up on the stage, walks up to the microphone and people are clapping like they just clap. They clapping, right? All praise to Allah, Muhammad, 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 right? So they, everybody's, he finally gets like situated there on like the, 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 the little platform thing, right? And he puts his hands on the thing. I forget what it's called, I'm drawing a blank, but puts his hands on the thing by the microphone. And I look and y'all listen. My hands are clapping, right? So everybody's still clapping and doing their thing. My hands are clapping like this. At that rate, right? And I'm staring right at the minister. And I'm looking. And I mean, I'm so close. I can see the little tint in his glasses, right? And I'm sitting here looking at this man who I've listened to his words for like the last year and who I revere as probably the greatest black man walking the planet and I'm looking at this man and I'm like oh my god and it's 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 so crazy because at that moment, like he's looking around, he has that smile. Y'all know the smile that the minister has. And he looks and we lock eyes for a hot second. And he scans the room some more. And at that moment, tears start running down my face. Tears are running down my face. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm thinking, now I see, like I, I, it makes sense. Cause when I was a kid, I remember watching like concerts and documentaries and stuff like that, where Michael Jackson would be on stage and these grown men would be crying. Like, oh my God, that was my moment. I felt it, I understood. I really understood. Not that Michael Jackson is the minister or anything like that, but it was like, 
I am here in the presence of a person that I revere to the utmost, like crazy. This was the freest black man I'd ever like known in my life. And he would he spoke thoughts and things and questions and ideas that I thought. And, you know, what I'm saying like it was just so different. And for a minute, it felt like I was in the room by myself and I'm just looking at a person that I'm just like, oh, my God. And I mean, tears are streaming down my face, but I have a smile like I'm smiling because I'm in awe. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is the minister. And that standing ovation he got lasted for a while. And I'm just sitting there and I'm looking and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like to the point, it would be moments when he would be speaking that I don't know what he said because I would be so like fixated on him and be like, I can't believe this. Like this man is this close like to me. And for the longest time, it was just a voice that I would listen to. And I remember walking out of there that night and I was like, he's he's different. He's different. And it took me all the way back to when I was in high school in that religion class. And I was like, hmm. Had I known who and what the minister was at that age, the the mental space I could have been in is like otherworldly, right? And so I walked away from there and it was like, I, I really felt like I had met the greatest person to walk the planet. Like the greatest, the absolute greatest. I mean, after that, you know, I ended up taking my Shahada and, and you know, the rest is history. You know, you all know. Um, but just being in that room with that man being in the presence of that man changed my life and I never will forget it so I want to say thank you Larry for um, providing me that book message to the black man I don't think any of that is possible without that Thank you, Larry, for some of those conversations we used to have when you would talk about a myriad of things from aliens, um, you know, all type of things. The books you would give me, all of that is because of you, man. Is because of you. You were ahead of your time. You were a free thinking person. Um, and you really, you really made 
made it happen. You really made me what I am when it comes to uh, where I'm at consciously. And if anybody can come forward with the name or the person who took Larry's life, please do so. Larry, may Allah be pleased. May he grant you Juna. May you rest easy. To the minister, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To my brother Mac, thank you for challenging me. Thank you for challenging me. Thank you for challenging me. Salam alaikum.